For August 8th, 2022, it's the Overthinking It podcast, episode 736. I need discourse for my bunghole. Welcome to Overthinking It, where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it probably doesn't deserve. The overthinkers are your smart, funny friends from the internet. Uh, Those smart and funny don't necessarily go together. A lot of things that are very funny are not very smart, or maybe they're deceptively smart, but they they depict uh, non-smart things. That's because uh, today we are overthinking the uh, the return of Beavis and Butthead. Uh, So we, your smart, funny friends, are going to get as unsmart and as funny as we as we possibly can. Who are we? I am uh, I'm Matt Rather. <laughs> fire, fire. I'm joined with my by my good friends Peter Fenzel. Hello, Pete. Uh, you said Peter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I find that so unironically funny. <laughs> and uh, and Mark Lee. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> Hi. I'm Mark Lee Holyo. I need discourse for my bunghole. <laughs> title um okay that's not i mean only only in moments of maximum punchline can they, can the impressions come out apparently uh mike judge has made a new season of beavis and butthead it's airing on paramount plus and we saw that the first episode was dropped on youtube so it's available to everyone well i'll embed it in the you know, the blog post for the show notes, maybe your pod podcast app will be able to like stream it or just click through and you'll be able to, to watch it on the website and you can watch the, uh, the first season of, or the first episode of season. What I guess is, I don't know, uh, nine of, um, of Beavis and Butthead, uh, the last being in, in 2011, the eighth season and the season before that being in, in 1997. So it, it ran from, it ran in the nineties, um, dropped a few more episodes in, uh, 2011 and, uh, now is starting another, is starting another season. There are also two, uh, films, Beavis and Butthead do America in which Beavis meets uh, in which Butthead meets Chelsea Clinton and says, I see you have breatheth. I have breatheth too. And uh, I think the second one is called Beavis and Butthead do the universe. Um, that That is more recent, but uh, I haven't seen it. But we have all watched. We have all done the homework, which is to watch the uh to watch the beavis and butthead uh first episode and uh and yeah, the, we, the, the dumpster fire commanded me to do the homework <laughs> <laughs> we've all done uh uh we've all done it and this i think this was maybe my first paramount plus um production my first paramount plus joint that i've watched i don't know do, do you have paramount plus pete or is this also your first yeah, where, where do you watch bob the builder if not on paramount plus <laughs> oh, fair enough paramount plus is great Paramount Plus has Blues Clues. It has Bob the Builder. It has uh, Star Trek it's, Strange it Paw Patrol. Yeah, yes, yes. Uh, um, it has uh, yeah, and we, it has all the new Star Trek stuff. Some of which is actually good. And uh, and what else do I watch on? I don't watch um, like 1886 or 1883 or whatever this show is called. Uh, but uh, but Ye- I guess it yellow Yellowstone, slightly yellower stone. Yeah, yeah. It has lots of cowboy stuff. And uh, and lots of CBS stuff. As well. um, yeah. Okay. So that's well. I I was mostly taken by the you know the kind of the electronic rendition of the Paramount 
theme music that you you would sort you would get in a Paramount film when the you know the stars uh, kind of sk- slide across the water and one like you know sloshes into the water for a second and then da 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 da, da and it ends uh, it ends in this on a I don't even know what to call the type of sound but the same sound that. Um, Netflix, I guess, pioneered that uh, HBO Plus or HBO Now, HBO Go, HBO Now has that uh, Apple TV Plus has HBO Max, HBO Max. Sorry, yes, you're right. (laughs) Sorry, I I forget my qualifiers or my. Don't get too comfortable with it. It's going to become like Discovery, HBO Plus Max, something uh, ridiculous matchup. Yeah, no, I love it. Streaming's a mess. I love. I'm going to really love watching reruns of The Sopranos on the Magnolia Plus Network, hosted by Chip (laughs) and Joanna Gaines. I I am on board. (laughs) Give me, give me those Property Brothers Carnival all episodes i am on board <laughs> who's gonna do oz <laughs> whichever of course um <laughs> you know guy fieri does not not look like beavis but uh it had yeah. one of those those electronic you know the sound of resonance it 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 sounds like arrival it sounds like something landing or settling into place it sounds kind of like the tolling of a bell it sounds like uh a little bit like you know reminiscent of the the thx um sound a little bit uh, aspects of that from from back in the day of of movies um yeah, I don't know. I, do do you uh, actually? It would be a fun overthinking it article back when we wrote articles to kind of compare and contrast the the kind of the doink sounds that begin all of the the uh, you know different streaming services original original productions. But uh, you're you're familiar with this one, Pete, because you have a subscription to Paramount Plus, and so you hear this da doink uh, all the time. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I I hear a bunch of the doinks. We we uh the only doink I don't have is probably Hulu doink. But uh but yeah, I mean there's this goes back to the THX raw and the HBO like and then the Chewbacca (laughs) 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 something like that but yes uh yes I have Paramount Plus I actually watch it's the Nickelodeon streaming service so Mm. I watch it at Paramount I watch uh Paramount Plus for Nickelodeon I watch HBO Max mostly for Sesame Street got it yeah um Mark do you have uh 90s memories of Beavis and Butthead it's it's not a new phenomenon to you is it Oh, do I? Okay, so this show came out in the year uh, 1993. Yeah, the, the year of our Lord, Anno Domini, 1993, yeah. I was precisely the right or wrong age for it. That is to say, I was in sixth grade. You guys remember sixth grade? How impressionable I, you were? And, like, oh, all yeah. the innocence of elementary school just, like, just torn asunder, like, very violently and rapidly. Yeah. In, in mine, so, sixth grade was sixth grade was part of elementary school, and then you went to middle school and the in junior high in the seventh grade. I I think developmentally, I guess it's better to have sixth grade with the the seventh graders. But we were we were still children, so I was I was still an innocent youth at that time. Though though in in you know ninety two or ninety three, I was I was twelve and thirteen. Yeah, so puberty is hitting. We are um, getting exposed to all this mature stuff from the older kids, and into this volatile stew pot lands Beavis and Butthead, right and 
everybody was taking it with it. Um, there was weeks, months, years when the sound of <laughs> just like reverberated through the halls of my middle school. Like the guys just would do it, do it constantly. Right. And the main appeal of it, I think at the time and still is, is um, how depraved uh, the, the, the two main characters are, how completely without like uh, how divorced they are from things that mainstream society values um, and so transgressive, right? And you know, you're, as, as a as a sixth grader, you're constantly being told to do this, do that, and here are these, t- and you know, get good grades, and here are these two idiots just blundering their way through life, wreaking mayhem, destruction in their path, alienating and confounding everyone they come across, and failing to score over and over and over again. And it is so eminently, rela- it was so eminently relatable. Um, I remember enjoying it. Was it's also it felt um, uh, so dangerous, right? It was this um, thing that I, you know we had MTV cable in the house, but my, my parents had um, you know taken it out of the TV's you know clicker rotation, so you <laughs> oh. had to like manually key it in and, and do so you know when when uh, when no one else was, was you had around. To know a secret code. So salacious. Wow. It was Channel Twenty Seven. I still remember it. <laughs> oh, okay. So, the code was two seven. Uh, and before I end it off, the other thing that Beavis and Butthead did, other than just like you know exposing me to all sorts of uh, Asian appropriate things, was exposing me to the music of heavy metal. Right? This is really how I learned about Metallica and um, you know and and, um, and and the notion of headbanging and fast music um, that was also transgressive and illicit and um, you know looked down upon by mainstream society. And uh, the love of heavy metal continues to this day. Beavis and Butthead, like you know, kind of came and went. Um, but it was, uh, it was it was delightful. But ACDC lasted lasted forever. Mm, yes. Uh, Pete, uh, memories, Beavis and Butthead from the 90s. Were you allowed to watch? Yeah. Well, I wasn't technically. Uh, I think like Mark, we had cable, but we uh, my parents forbade MTV in the house. Uh, my parents had a very I, I've talked about it on the podcast before, I'm sure over the years, my parents had a very kind of specific set of television prohibitions that were uh, that were a little bit difficult to like fully adopt because of their specificity. One of them was no Simpsons, as I've mentioned, I think before, because they glorified ignorance. Uh, and the uh, couldn't watch can't do that on television because it also glorified ignorance. It's like it's like the most The Simpsons is perhaps the most literate show on television, right? <laughs> well, like- now, <laughs> back then, L.A. Law was still on. Man. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Fair enough. You're right. <laughs> you got to watch uh, Falcon Crest. Uh, actually, I don't know. I don't think you could. I don't think Falcon Crest stayed on that long. But the point being that, like, uh, well, the thing that when my parents forbade something on television it was because they had an experience that was very intense and very negative and so the context of the experience of them prohibiting mtv was when the grind was on (laughs) uh, after school (laughs) and and if you've watched mtv's the grind which i don't know if it holds up does anyone know if the grind still holds up (laughs) i don't even know what it is is what the grind is what no (laughs) no matt you remember the grind it was the but wasn't it the hip-hop show wasn't it's it like the- it was an it was an American bandstand type show where they played music and people danced. Yeah. Yeah, and it was it was hip hoppy, but I thought of it as the grind because it was often people in like scanty outfits like Oh, grinding grinding, like, each, grinding other. each other. Yeah. Uh, and it was like, you know, I think my, my mom saw someone in a bikini on a beach like dancing with like three dudes and was like, Yeah, we're not we're not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh 
but 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 that's don't, don't want you to get don't want you to get your hopes up about yeah. what life might what <laughs> life might might hold for you i you know i that beach was like 10 blocks from my house Pete and and I spent I spent some spring breaks just glued to the television you know watching like the MTV beach house spring break never once did it occur to me that it was a place that I could actually go to (laughs) that it existed in time and space and that it was actually just down the road in Venice Beach no I I just sat there you know like uh, uh, prone on the floor like my chin propped up on my hands like wide-eyed staring staring at the television okay so you got around this prohibition as well in order to watch beavis and butthead yes. the most literate show on television yeah well yes because also part of it is i have four younger sisters and so the television prohibitions were not necessarily directed at me most specifically but i didn't watch a lot of mtv i watched like the mtv you know video music awards someone once told me that if i, I could get entirely up to speed on modern music by watching one MTV Video Music Awards, and they were correct. I learned everything I needed to know. It was great. Soul Asylum won, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I uh, I did watch Beavis and Butthead late at night uh, after everybody was in bed, and also it, because it didn't really feel very much like MTV, and it certainly didn't feel like what my parents had prohibited. Uh, and I'll tell you, there were three shows at that time that were sort of competing. For a piece of my soul, I guess, <laughs> I mm. think there were three shows that I watched and I laughed at so hard. I remember just laughing harder at these three shows than I had at like any other show. And one of those shows was the sketch portions of Beavis and Butthead. Mm. But the because I didn't watch any MTV, the video, the music video portions were utterly foreign. I had no idea what they were talking about. I didn't I didn't even know that they were music videos. Mm-hmm. I was like what who is this guy that they're talking about that they're that they're watching? I don't I don't understand this like meta theatricality. I don't understand what's happening. Uh so so that kind of alienated me from the show. Uh the other two shows that were competing were Late Night with Conan O'Brien and uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 and I think that you know, if you know me, you know that Beavis and Butthead didn't win uh, <laughs> in that in that fight. Um, you know, so but but I did watch it and enjoy it, and it just not that often because the music video stuff was just I was just totally not on. I did not have the uh, the syllabus to uh, be up to speed on what they were doing. To, uh, to be, you had not you had not yet uh, watched the MTV Video Music Awards as it right, were. Exactly, liter- exactly. Literally or figuratively. Right. You know, right, in order you know. to figure out I mean, what's they've going got on. like the butthole surfers on there and it's just like I don't I, there's a scorpion music videos at the time were strange. So like, the the, think, stra- the think, strange music videos at the time were strange. And it was, it was a time when NPV, uh, NPV, MTV, MTV, the Mazda MPV was the car we had. <laughs> um, the, uh, yeah, the, the, uh, MTV NPS. No, the, uh, when MTV still had weird, weird things on it where there could like, yeah, they could make a credible claim to like uh, showcasing at least sometimes some sort of like alternative culture or like, you know, non-mainstream, uh, non-mainstream type of things. I think this got to be the case, you know, less and less to the point where MTV stopped, uh, broadcasting music videos entirely, you know, in the days of like the real world and, and whatever, and became more like a, a reality show type of, uh, type of network or like TRL or whatever. Um, I, I have a slightly different, uh, I have a slightly different, memory of it than you guys do because i watched 
uh, Beavis and Butthead with my dad, um, who thought it was hilarious. Uh, he, he thought it like, he thought it was the, the funny. And so naturally I started overthinking it with my smartest, funniest friends. Um, no, the, uh, the, thought it was hilarious. And there was one particular, um, one particular, uh, time I remember so a little clip of, of, uh, Beavis and Butthead that I remember. And they were working at Burger World. That's the name of the, the fast food restaurant, right? Um, they're working at Burger World and someone ca- comes up and asks, oh, hey, uh, you know, the, in the kind of the, like the really aggro styles, sort of like R. Crumb or like Harvey P. Carr influenced, uh, you know, um, like super aggro looking, uh, regular guy. Uh, hey, uh, your, your milkshakes here, are they made with real dairy and real eggs? Are they made with real, dairy and real eggs and he keeps asking this and asking this and and uh butthead looks at him and goes oh, we have vanilla chocolate and strawberry and my dad was like you don't understand but that's the most profound statement about what it's like <laughs> to be a teenage boy and one day you'll come to understand the like the sublime genius of of them answering Batman's question in that way and I I like to think the time is that uh time has proved him right but I too was a little bit alienated by the music videos unlike Mark who founded a a gateway into his his uh lifelong uh, love of hard rock and heavy metal I like I didn't have the context like I and I found it like like I found a lot of pop music like oddly threatening like weirdly like i don't know it was aggro and it was sexy maybe or it was like full of of feelings that i didn't want <laughs> you know and it was all all this all this stuff was going on and so yeah that that part i i didn't get though i do you know watching the the new season which we may maybe should turn to is is i, I realized that they they kind of pioneered the reaction video, which is a whole genre of, you know, screen practice now of like uh streaming video screen practice is like someone, you know, someone makes a video, someone else watches the video and um just offers their own, offers their own sort of reactions on it. And there, there are a lot of, you know, variations from the kind of the sublime to the ridiculous, like of, of how this, how this goes. And, and actually this episode of Beavis and Butthead, the one that we saw, uh, season nine, I suppose, episode one, um, includes not just a, uh, not just a reaction to a country music video, but also a, a reaction to some, like to a TikTok and then to a genre of, of music video, which is the, what is it called? The, like the college acceptance, uh, uh, oh yeah, it's a reaction to a reaction video. Right, exactly. The call, but what is it? There, there's such a great joke. Speaking of of glorifying ignorance, which is that like, uh, what is what does uh, Butthead say, or maybe maybe Pifus? What uh, they're very different, you know. Um, I say that unironically. Uh, I think uh, Butthead says, "Yeah, my my uh, co- college response is no." <laughs> you know, he's. Like he's not going to go go to college, but the the um the the I don't know I I thought the really it it highlighted for me how how pathbreaking this was or at least how kind of ahead of its time uh it was and you know Mike Judge is is sort of a prophet like 
um, uh, it, a lot of a lot of things in Idiocracy have come to pass in some form or another, and uh, apparently, like uh, a sort of a media profit as well, because this this turns out to be a really uh, a really popular really popular genre. But I'm I'm probably getting uh, ahead of ahead of ourselves. Mark, can you like describe maybe a little bit just the superficial plot of uh, of of the first episode of the new season of Beavis Butthead? Sure. I guess there are two main segments, like uh, uh, plot segments, let's call it that. Um, the first one is where Beavis and Butthead um, uh, happen to – they get roped into an escape room experience uh, with two young ladies who they, of course, want to uh, score with. Um, they are so dumb that they don't go to the escape room. They go into the men's room, and they think that that is the escape room. And uh, <laughs> needs to say they don't escape, and they, 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 they wind up flooding the bathroom um, – and, and, and making a mess. And they don't score. Of course they don't score. Um, the second one, which is um, weird, weirder and more, I would say, well, it's arguably more interesting. Um, we'll come back to that in a second. Is um, where Beavis, um, uh, yeah, um, yeah, Beavis, who, uh, if you don't recall from the 90s, is a pyromaniac, has an obsession with <laughs> fire, 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 um, comes face to face with like a fire god in a dumpster. And the fire <laughs> god commands. To do things like um, <laughs> run laps to get in shape, clean up litter, and then write an essay about Jack London's Call of the Wild. Um, and, and Beavis declines to do this at the end because um, he doesn't want to become a better person and instead tells the restaurant um, – uh, Tells the restaurant that there's a dumpster fire in the back, and then has it has it extinguished. Um, it's really bizarre and surreal, and we should talk more about that. But I think the, the the first thing we should talk about is like the dumbness of the first mainline segment, where these two idiots just bumble around and do and say the absolute dumbest things, and like, and and we should just like tease out where the humor exactly is in that, because I think a lot of people's initial reaction to the scene, this sort of thing, and actually mine at the beginning was like this is really dumb and like you know like it, it, where's the cleverness in here like you know that i that uh i don't know like i said i remember from the 90s but that i more associate with mike judge's humor from something like office space um or idiocracy or, or silicon valley um and i i think like it's it's just well it's operating at a different level it's a, it's a different kind of humor from those other works that i described but i would love for you guys to unpack that like, where is the, the humor in the idiocy? Pete, why is Beavis and Butthead funny? <laughs> so my favorite moment in the first episode or the first mini episode of the Beavis and Butthead uh, new season is when they take the wrong turn into the bathroom while going to the escape room. It, they don't even really discuss it. But there's a sight gag where one of them attempts to leave and we see the word pull in big letters right by the door handle and he pushes it like really hard. Right. Yep. Right. And, and then there's another sight gag later where Butthead gets a plunger right. stuck on the door and he's going to you know, he's going to pull the plunger right in order to get the plunger off the door. But to make sure that he gets the plunger, he braces his foot against the door. And pulls the plunger. 
which causes the door to stay shut. And he is none the wiser that it's a door that you're supposed to pull on. And of course, the the result of all this is that Butthead throws Beavis through a grate and they like escape through an air vent into the ladies' bathroom. But just just the sight gag of uh, the push pull, uh, the push pull door not commented on. Uh, the, there's a New Yorker article. I think, Mark, you shared it with us, right, where yeah. there's an interview with Mike Judge. And Mike Judge talks about how during the pandemic he was watching a bunch of Laurel and Hardy and Buster Keaton. Mm. So he's watching a bunch of old timey movies, some of them silent, some of them, you know, just on the verge of talkitude, mostly silent. I think I don't remember Lauren, Laurel and Hardy's specific era, whether they're fully silent or whether they bridged the gap. I think they were probably around for a while, right? Um, well, they were a radio act, weren't they? So there was. Some... Oh, so they were sound first. Got it. That makes sense. But Buster Keaton, this is totally a Buster Keaton gag. Like the, the it's a Buster Keaton style gag, right? Or like a Red Skeleton style. Yeah, sure, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, where where it's like the guy is trying and trying and trying to open the door, but he can't because it's a pull door and he's pushing it. Right, like it's and, more. Yeah, Buster Keaton is more the like the neutral mask, like wide eyed, wide eyed kind of innocent character yeah, most yeah. of the time. But Charlie Chaplin definitely, like the Tramp character, was that like he was trying to do things. He was like really attempting. He was really yeah. engaging super hard with the yeah. world and just like did it did it in this way that that guaranteed these these hilarious failures. Right. Yeah, and I think that the intelligence of this now I don't remember the old Beavis and Butthead being full of sight gags, and I, this one seemed to have a lot of sight gags. They played baseball with a frog, Pete. How much more sight gag? Do you, you know what? You're right. You're actually right. hundred. The honest thing is, I don't even really remember the old Beavis and Butthead that much at all. Um, I remember the feeling of watching the Max after it, uh-huh. and that sort of like hollow rushing wind sound that accompanied watching either the Max or Spawn on HBO late at night after Beavis and it was off. But I don't really remember too many details from it. But yeah, like, why are these sight gags funny? Well, there's a situation and an expectation and a frustration of the expectation. And then that gets played and heightened, right? And it gets, and, and the part of the humor is the moment of recognition where you as the audience see what and understand what's happening. Uh, and, and part of why it's funny that Beavis and Butthead are stupid is because they do things without realizing what they're doing. And that allows you as the audience to discover what they're really doing. It's a form of dramatic irony, I suppose. <laughs> like, uh, they, they're just, Mr. Magoo is a great example of this idea taken to the extreme where the character, because he's blind, gosh, is there's anyone on the podcast who remembers Mr. Magoo? Do you guys remember Mr. Magoo? I was down yeah. with the Magoo. I love Mr. Magoo. Was never part of my diet. Yeah. There was a very ill-conceived uh, live-action movie starring Leslie Nielsen. Oh, that's right. Well. I had forgotten yeah. that. But, like, Mr. Magoo and Mr. Bean are of a piece uh, in a certain sort of vibe of, like, these sort of dudes who are so totally lost. But the idea was Mr. Magoo was was blind for the most part because he was old, not because of a congenital or, you know, um, sort of thing. And because he was – but he, because he was, he was rich – Right. And so, like, he was never perturbed by anything that happened to him because he, like, lived a, lo- a life of, like, exploration and luxury. And so, like, he would get involved in all these situations where he'd be, like, falling off of things or, like, walking through helicopter blades. Maybe not that extreme, but he wouldn't know because he didn't see it. Right. And so you as the audience get to figure out what's happening to him while he hasn't yet figured it out. And I mean, with Mr. Bean, you watch him figure it out. You watch Rowan Atkinson figure out what's happening to him gradually, right, over the course of the time that it's happening. Okay, I can't see. There's this clammy feeling when I put my hand around my face. I have a turkey on my head, 
right? Like, like there, there's this like coming, there's this like coming to Turkey on the headness, right? <laughs> that sort of takes place. Uh, and I think that with Beavis and Butthead in this episode, Pete, I believe that in his poetics, Aristotle calls that an agnorithith. <laughs> So like so so the escape room totally works that way like because because part one of the jokes is they end up in the women's bathroom right and and uh, Beavis doesn't know what the tampons are <laughs> it's in the tampon machine and it's like and this is of course makes sense because they're in escape room and they, and they don't they're not supposed to know what like, all the clues are to get out right like and, and of course you know at some point somebody's going to wrap themselves in toilet paper to look like a mummy but you don't know when it's going to happen or why <laughs> like so so there's all these like playing with the expectation of like when is this going to happen i know what's going to happen but they haven't figured it out yet and I think the second sketch plays with that too. Well, then, and then yeah. I mean the the last. It's it is not the highest comedy in the in yeah. the you know. Uh, I'll, I'll say this: this is not the comedy that's on, as it were, the throne. But uh, <laughs> you know, when someone goes into a, to a bathroom, they they got to do some business. And of course, oh, yeah. this this sketch ends <laughs> with uh, <laughs> Beavis relieving himself into the actual mummy's uh, sarcophagus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <at> <laughs> Because the whole time they were in the escape room, they really had to go to the bathroom. Right. <laughs> Even when they discovered a turd and he's like, maybe someone took a dump and Butthead smacks him because he's, he's not going to allow that sort of nonsense, right? <laughs> like to, to that sort of like obviously false explanation. Uh, like just just the, the sort of inertia that against figuring out what's going on is just so strong. Uh, and so they get to play with that a lot. And and I, now that I think about it, I think that's in a lot of Mike Judge stuff, just like whole, just total people who just don't get it. People. I mean, this is the Brondo, what plants crave, electrolytes. It's like we all get it. Mm. They don't get it. And we sort of watch them gradually figure it out um, or or not, I suppose, <laughs> or, or not um, like the TPS report guy. Like we know what's wrong with him. You know, we know how the that what he's saying isn't really going to get the result that he wants. He doesn't know it. And is he going to figure it out? We don't know if he's going to figure it out. Um, but yeah, then that's I think that's funny. I think that that's I mean, not as a rule, like I mean, maybe as a rule that that's sort of that's the action. That's the cleverness is the timing of when they figure things out mm -hmm. like like with the fire, with the, literally the dumpster fire, which is another piece of irony because Beavis encounters a dumpster fire and thinks that it's like him. And it turns out that the dumpster fire wants him to be a better person because he's too low, even for the dumpster fire to like endow with the abilities of being his champion or whatever, his special one. <laughs> right. Um, but we know, but from the point where the dumpster fire tells him to go run a mile like four times around the track, go run a mile that the dumpster, the dumpster fire appears to have some sort of like positive intention, right? Like, like it's not clear what it is or why or how. And Beavis is totally like oblivious to it. He's, he knows that something's like a little bit off, but he doesn't get that the dumpster fire is trying to make things better or make him a better person until he figures it out and then utterly rejects it. Um, but yes, it's, it's, uh, I did, that. Yeah, that gag. I I thought it was going to pay by like the third one being different from the first two. Like the first yeah. two would establish a pattern, the third one. But it's it's what like go run a mile, then like pick the trash up off the street and recycle it. You know, not in the regular trash. Put it in the blue bin. <laughs> um, and that and 
then the third one is uh, go go read what the Red Badge of Courage. No, the no, Call, Call of the Wild. Call of the Wild. Yeah. Call the Wild. <laughs> and yeah. and uh, two page book report. Right. Um, and that's yeah. Was he and, bargains down to three paragraphs when the fire extinguisher comes out. <laughs> Under under threat of imminent death. Yeah. Okay, is- okay, three paragraphs. You know, use topic sentences. <laughs> and I think the joke, of course, is like adults find it so hard to talk to these kinds of teenagers. Uh, these, uh, I wanted to use the word dirtbag a lot. That's a word that comes to mind. Mm. I don't know if it if it works for you for for this, but the idea that this is sort of a dirtbag kind of comedy where it's referring to people who aren't necessarily underprivileged, but who are like under interested in participating in worthwhile things with what they have. Yeah. Like, who, like, who are perhaps yeah. under socialized. Yeah. Yeah. Know. But, it, but it's not even like a failure of character that has happened to them. It's that they, they've gone down this road themselves that has taken them to this very stupid place. And, and, and it's, and it's, you're not really punching down at Beavis and Butthead, I think, because they're not, they don't suffer all that much and they, they seem comfortable. Um, oh, well, here's the, here's the thing. Here's the thing though. The music videos invert it, which is so interesting, right? Which is that in the sketches, Beavis and Butthead are always stupider than the world. Mm. And, and you're watching them navigate the world and encounter people who ask them to do absurd things or ask them to do normal things, which they treat with like the same level of befuddlement. But then in the music videos, I think the gag is often that they're smarter than the music video is. That like they are they look at the thing that's on the screen and they identify the truth of what is happening that is of a sort of more immediate order. They become a sort of holy fools mm. who are able to speak truth to the music videos because that's their area of expertise. Uh, that's their area of intelligence. And that that I think to an extent, it's not not so much redeems them because it's not like their their big problem is that they're sinning. It's that it makes it feel like you're not always beating up on them. Uh, that they right. have this strong area of competence um, and that they really are enjoying themselves and that they get to lord it over people. Well, then what uh, did we think? What did we think of, of the interludes in this where they, it was one music video, which was like a country music video, but not a mainstream <laughs> like I, this was not an artist I had ever heard of before, you know, but uh, you but, hear of a lot of country musics. I, I I do indeed because my uh, beloved fiance is a fan Ooh. of country music, so uh, I I hear a great deal of it. Excellent, <laughs> excellent. What was the guy's name? Do we remember? Uh, I, it, the song I think was called "I Like Where This Is Going." Okay. Um, maybe from that we can we can Google it in the background. But that's that's like interlude two. The first the first one or first two are the reaction to the to the um the college admission reaction video where you get uh where someone got into Harvard, which you know condolences. Uh, you're you're uh you're fit now to be the villain in The Gray Man, a Netflix original film directed by the <laughs> Russo brothers, which is about the internecine squabbles of different graduates of harvard college um so you know uh good good luck to you <laughs> i love <laughs> i love that for you uh and the second one is a uh is a tiktok video about uh how to make ink for prison tats and uh the th- the third then is this is this music video called um i'm gonna buy you a boat no i called what i, I like where this is going yeah by kale dodds kale Dodds. Who you may know from the Madden 2017 soundtrack. 
I, I don't, but someone might. <laughs> That's what Wikipedia says. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's, he's yeah, definitely so, had some hits sort of to, to talk about the first one, um, which was probably my favorite, um, this is just to kind of re- replay what, what we're seeing here. Right. So this, this is absolutely a thing. Uh, so I understand on YouTube or wherever else the, the, the kids put their video content these days, right? Like put yourself in, in, in that situation, right? Like you have to set up the camera and, um, you have to, you know, uh, cast your screen so that you are opening the email from, you know, the university that you're, that you're waiting for the decision from, you know, and you capture that online and you are like, you know, prepared to just capture whatever your emotional reaction is going to be. And it is just like that perfect mixture of, um, uh, quote unquote authenticity and just like complete confection, right. And construction. Um, that we see online, right? It's supposed to be this quote unquote real reaction. Um, and you see, you know, the woman gets into Harvard, the girl gets into Harvard, she's with her mom and they're both like sobbing. There's, they're hysterical with glee and happiness and, and all this again, condolences, you're going to Harvard. Um, and, um, you know, and Beavis and Butthead look, look at this and they just mock it relentlessly. Right. Um, and I, I hesitate to say rightfully so, um, but it goes back to what we were talking about at the at the top of this video is that you know they are um, they're they're giving lie to all the artifice of society and you know as they just relentlessly reject um, you know uh, mainstream definitions of success and things like that right they just kind of you know they they, they speak a certain truth um, that 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 we are not a, a, able to do um, so I, I really enjoyed that that first one um, the. <laughs> I, I don't really know what to make of the prison tat one. Like that, that was, uh, their, their commentary, um, was mostly around how like, you know, <laughs> this guy looks like, um, you know, he's jail material. And he just showed up. And he's, <laughs> he's just like, let him in. Yeah. They, they didn't actually do anything. He just showed up in prison and they let him in because they figured yeah. he'd be there eventually. <laughs> yeah. And like, and I, I don't, I'm not familiar enough with TikTok or I guess the subgenre of, of prison TikTok. To commentate on, on what's going on there, um, but there's again like this. Uh, the the you got to think about how Beavis and Butter are juxtaposed against who they're th- who are are being who they're commentating on, and which is that like they are vile and they're stupid, um, but they're not felons. They're not n- n- men as a, as a society. Yeah, not enough men as a society. They're, they're to juveniles. They're not, they're not pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, what they're not juvenile. Is that is that the issue? I don't know if it's is that if that's the issue or not. If they're looking down on the guy who looks like he's going to prison. Well, they are behind the screen, so even though they're on the screen, they're not really up for judgment. Right? They're not the ones being. Are, this this is an interesting question, right? Who are Beavis and Butthead in social relation to the people that they're making fun of in the music videos specifically? Because I remember in in for what I can remember of the older stuff, which is getting very fuzzy, they would often be looking at what's happening in a music video and saying what's what is apparently happening, which is not what is descriptively happening right like the looking at what is going on in the music video would lead you to believe that one thing is happening but if you are reading the context or listening to lyrics or whatever you might go with a different assumption but we all know deep down that it's kind of the thing that they're talking about uh and the example here is what you can't get into harvard unless you can beat up your mom 
Is that what it is? Or kill your mom? <laughs> like when the mom puts the daughter in a chokehold and the daughter is like screaming and fights back. Like their hugging is so over the top that it looks violent. Well, I also, and, I, to me, I, I sort of took this a little bit as, as a commentary on like, uh, well, maybe it's, it's ungenerous to call it helicopter parenting, but, uh, hyper involved parenting. Like, uh, you know, I don't know. I, w- I was, uh, I, I don't know how, how you were, but I, I took my, uh, college result letters into a dark, quiet room to read by myself so that, you know, in the case the news was not good, no one would witness my shame. Uh, I like this was not like a fun family, uh, fun family event. And like, you know, there are no parents in the Beavis and Butthead world. So it's, a, it's almost like the, the very fact that there is such a, uh, highly interested, uh, parent is like, uh, is a weird anomaly. Um, is a weird anomaly for them, but yeah, the, the, they, they are like t- talking about, so they are kind of identifying something a little weird in, in that relationship, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, is it, is it that they think they're better? Is it the arrogance of adolescence where they are looking outward in the world and haven't really fully understood that they are also in the world? Where it's sort of like, hey, look at that thing. Hey, look at that thing. Hey, look at that thing. Mm-hmm. And they they don't really like compare themselves to it. Sure. Yeah. Like a uh, uh, le- le- helicopter mom, c'est moi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, supposedly there are episodes in this season where they're middle aged. And I'm curious to see how those will be different. Uh, but yeah, like uh, like the idea that, well, Beavis and Butthead don't look not like criminals. Um, they can still be impressed by how much this guy looks like a criminal because they don't have a lot of self-awareness, um, I, as far as I can tell. Uh, but they have a lot of self uh, – they, they know what they like, I guess, even if they don't necessarily know who they are. Um, and they're also kids. Maybe that's the other thing that's important about Beavis and Butthead is that they're kids. And and so – which was re- we were reminded of in the uh, in the fire – in this in the fire sketch where he's like, well, co- it's going to start mattering for colleges now. Right. Right now, now that you've been on TV for 30 years, yeah. it's clear <laughs> you're old enough for it to start mattering. For, like, look, man, up until this point, your life hasn't really like there's been no consequences. But up, I mean, it's starting to get there. Right. Um, And and I guess that's there's I mean, it makes me think of how how wise I thought the kids older than me were, which I feel like has come up on podcasts recently also, or maybe just conversations I've had with you guys where like, I thought that the older kids were so smart. And in my mind, those older kids are still older than me, even though they were like 17, Mm. you know, um, that like Beavis and Butthead, if they are our age, you know, uh, speak with the authority of somebody who's our age, but they're supposed to be like, this what like 14 or 15 years old yeah like what uh, high school freshman something like that yeah. yeah and so they're really supposed to be kids and and so in that case you can't really be like i mean you could be it's rather uncharitable to be like oh yeah you know like you also look like you could go to prison you degenerate then you become a different beavis and no, no, no no beavis and butthead have to be low status to the world right otherwise the whole okay. thing doesn't make sense even when they're even when they're acting high status to the music videos right that's mm-hmm. it's an interesting thing that like watching tv allows you to do right there's oh there's the uh you know the uh 
well, there's a line that I won't quote from Money for Nothing, but like, you know, you can kind of de- de- deride all the people on, on televisions, but, uh, they have, you know, they're, they're famous rock stars and you're a, a guy in a small town. You're a, a 14 year old in a small town in Texas. I mean, <laughs> you can't even score. <laughs> Yeah, um, and that's, there's a line uh, I'm not going to quote for Money for Nothing, which is that you can get a microwave oven, uh, <laughs> something like that. We've got to move these microwave ovens. We've got to move these microwave ovens. They're in the way. Yeah, yeah, fire. <laughs> no, it's it's the you know the person on 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 MTV is uh, is a millionaire, you know, and you're so they they even though you can like rip on the the music videos all you want, their music videos on MTV, and you're 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 Beavis and Butthead, and I think that like I yeah, and even in the even in the stuff where they're being, you know, super antisocial out in the world, they're, they're really low status, you know, w- with respect to the world. Um, it, with the exception, I guess, of like small animals, uh, like putting the dog in the, in the washing machine to, uh, uh, to clean it because yeah, they were, they were tasked to with washing the dog. That's their chore. Wash the dog. Breaking the law, breaking the law. <laughs> washing the dog, washing the dog. <laughs> It's funny. It's funny that these memories of Beavis and Butthead are in. They're not full plots like the ones from the '90s. They are. They are moments. They're like particular images or particular configurations, like taglines or or uh, or something like that. That like that stay with me rather than being like I don't know something something like The Simpsons, where like a whole episode would would stick with you. You know what I mean? The story of an episode. Um, like is important and is part of is part of what you remember in that structure uh that structure um hangs on hangs on something um yeah i don't know did did you what since, did, you since you mentioned the simpsons can we you know situate um the kind of like that cultural moment of the 90s and these types of shows right because like both of them instigated their own cultural uh, uh moral panics right um uh beavis and butthead were um unfairly blamed for the deaths of two children um, because uh, hijinks ensued that somewhat um, uh, resembled what was seen on the television show and uh, parents or or community members blamed the show for what happened. Right. And I remember the Simpsons causing its own moral panic over um, that little rapscallion Bart Simpson and just how disrespectful he was. Right. Eat my shorts, man. Like, that was absolutely a, a cultural moment. And obviously, you know, Beavis and Butter coming back in, in 2022 is entering a very, very different landscape where um, I think, like, because there are no gatekeepers, right? Like, the sense of propriety, propriety and, like, what should or should not be in a television show or what should or should not be in an animated show have all been blown to smithereens at this point. Um, but it, it's, like, it is really interesting to look back at that period of time. Um, when there are so many gatekeepers in culture and any show that managed to get onto, you know, something with enough distribution like MTV or Fox, like it just felt like so weighty, like the consequences were so high, like, you know, nothing gets the mass media. Um, like we need to pay attention to this. And I think that like and that is, is part of the success of the show, which is like, you know, <laughs> uh, mocking anybody who dares to, <laughs> to like ascribe so much moral weight to these like two complete idiots. Like and, and as I say that, and yet, like um, the 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 behavior of these of these two characters, um, like the scary thing about it is that it, it is not that far removed from reality. Like kids are just that dumb. 
<laughs> which is why it resonated so much with uh, the sixth graders of Oak Mountain Middle School in 1993. Um, I it, it was it, yeah that's I'm just putting that out there like it was it was a simpler time, um, but. Uh, the reaction to those two shows, right, um, and Beavis and Butthead and, and The Simpsons, says a lot about where we were then and where we are now. Mm. Simpler time, yeah, I, Pete? Yeah, well, yeah, I think so. Well, is it a simpler time? Well, I think I think you definitely see people who want to assert themselves as the gatekeepers and take up the old rule, right, of being the gatekeeper of this or the gatekeeper of that. Obviously, it's a meta conversation, hugely complicated and all that stuff. Um one thing that I think Beavis and Butthead does that not every show like it does seems to be, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong here, to it's based off experience. It seems to be written from experience uh, with how dumb kids are and the dumb things that kids do. Uh, it's it is. I'm thinking in particular about the whole thing about pulling the neck of your shirt up over your head and doing a funny voice, which is I felt like I felt like you. Uh, there are a lot of people who. I feel like I'm going to read a New York Times op-ed piece by a 27-year-old that's going to talk about how Beavis and Butthead invented that, right? Like, obviously, Beavis and Butthead invented it, when clearly everybody no, was doing it. No, of course no, not. My, my three-year-old invented that. Let's yeah, be really yeah, exactly. Clear Every kid does that, <laughs> right? Like, the kid didn't watch Beavis and – you know, your three-year-old didn't, didn't watch Beavis and Butthead no, it's a, it's a, Mark, just pro tip, but fathering pro tip, it's a real bonding moment watching Beavis and Butthead with your young <laughs> son. <you know? laughs> But I also read in that that article that, you know, Butthead is based off of real people. Beavis, only his laugh is based off of real people. There's a feeling in King of the Hill that there's some degree of verisimilitude in the characters. Yeah, Mike Judge, Judge, like, you know, lived in Texas, lived in in suburban Texas or or lived in Austin or something and was familiar with these these characters. And, you know, the same thing. Idiocracy is a little more fantastical, but it extrapolates from, you know, real trends that he was identifying and criticizing and and office space, obviously. Right. Like there is uh, and and Silicon Valley. Obviously, right? Like it's not he's he's not a he's not a a, a fa- fantasist, you know. Like it's yeah. these things don't these things are are managed to be even even in the like the the most outlandish stuff I, I, that Beavis and Butthead do, and they they do some pretty outlandish stuff. They um they like uh th- there's a groundedness to it. I think that works, you know, really well. That or that yeah, there's a groundedness to it that makes it. Um, I don't know. That makes it connect in a way that a, a slightly more fantastical, uh, a, a slightly more fantastical setup wouldn't. Yeah, like the obvious comparisons are The Simpsons and South Park, sure. I suppose. Where I think in the sense in The Simpsons is that it's much more like comedy of manners, much more like you know we know that the famous like Harvard writing staffs that are really doing a a kind of satire of an idea of the American family. You don't get the sense that Homer Simpson resembles anyone's real dad, right? Like, uh, and then South Park is blown out absurdity from the get go. You know, like when I think about around the time that I was watching Beavis and Butthead, and then South Park comes out just a little bit later, and there's like the second episode where. They're playing football and they're talking about, you know, the invasion of Poland and the Holocaust. And it's like, yeah, I mean, that's a that's an off color joke, but it has nothing to do with like real people. I mean, it, I mean the sense of let me rephrase. Of course, it has to do with real people, but it's not like the um, it's extrapolated from this history. There's this historicity to it. Right. There's this this, this sort of meta historical analytical 
quality to something like South Park, where it's like we are saying something about the way that the world is. And we are we are not I don't know a guy who surgically altered himself to become a dolphin. But like but like but if you extrapolate out things that we have seen, then it could get like that. Um, I guess I, what I'm saying is that with Mike Judge, the characters are still recognizable mm. as as analogs, if not analogs for specific real people, then sort of exhibiting behaviors that feel not that their authenticity is privileged over their explicability. Mm. That like like the particular the way his angry characters are like the angry with the big nostrils and stuff the really like heelish characters in Beavis and Butthead and I mm. think also maybe some of the more heelish characters is Daria a Mike Judge joint too or does that have a different showrunner or something I, No I think it was a well, it was a character who showed up on a, it was like a, a sardonic well, I, know, I was wondering did someone else run with that or was that also someone Mike else Judge? made a show Yeah it wasn't Yeah someone else made a show because it doesn't have the same vibe right Like Beavis and Butthead the heels have this like frenetic frothing evil um that i think is feels authentic to the experience of being around somebody who's like really spewing hate and negativity in your direction um but it but isn't like the same people on south park who are broadway musical versions of that person right um and maybe i'm painting with too broad a brush but uh but i'm trying to trying to locate this work in the context of the other kind of pseudo mainstream basic cable shock comedy of the time. Um, I, I mean, is that an apt thing? For I it? thought, I, I thought Daria, Daria was pretty subtle, you know, given oh, yeah, no, no, Daria, this isn't like Daria. I was just the shock yeah. comedy. Yeah. 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 More like Simpsons and uh, South park. And I guess family guy are like shows that Beavis and butthead is sort of like, uh, I, you know, masculine, you know, white men talking about, suburban life um you know and, and the sort of weird people that inhabit it and their strange priorities so, though they're dirtbag kids so a lot earlier right like like simpsons 89 i want to say i need to wikipedia that um <laughs> you know uh uh south park 90 i'm, I'm looking for a thing 97 first season mm-hmm. of south park family guy 99 so we're, we're talking about like i think a generation or at least two maybe even two like tv generations in generation being like the time it would take a uh an actual series to like you know grow flour flourish and die between uh between beavis and butthead and those later uh those later examples which you know i, I were a lot more technologically enabled than than like uh than beavis and butthead uh were like beavis and butthead i think mike judge made those things like hand animated those things himself you know indie style in his garage and then just got noticed you know and ended up with this show on mtv because it got uh you know it just got into the hands of some some tastemakers or some decision makers right And, and one of the reasons why they did the music video reaction uh bits was that it saved money, right? They didn't have to animate those parts. It was less work. Great, it was work. <laughs> yeah, that. So I, you know, I'm. Yeah, I'm saying. I, I think. I, I. What's What's interesting to me, Pete, in in what you're saying is that is the the kind of the direction that it went off in from there. If you look at at Beavis and Butthead as like the urtext of those, you know, of those kind of later expressions of the same. Um, Later expressions of the same uh, 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 animating spirit, huh. animating, animating spirit uh, that like uh, it's, you know, it's interesting that they did not go. Uh, they did not dig dig kind of deeper into the earth and instead kind of took these these sort of fanciful. 
yeah. uh, fanciful flights, one into, you know, I don't know, one into kind of sight gags and like spectacle, that's family guy, and one into like a, a kind of embittered social commentary. Uh, and, uh, uh, a, you know, uh, both sidesism that has, has curdled in the intervening decades into something that's hard to revisit. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm reminded of like Master Shake from Aqua Teen Hunger Force and Meatwad from Hunger Te- Aqua Teen Hunger Force, who I've never thought of as being Beavis and Butthead adjacent, mm. uh, prior to today, but, and reflection, it kind of feels related, right? Like, like Meatwad, naive, childlike doesn't really understand what's going on, but like always wants to, you know, be the guy who's, you know, smoking a cigarette, like misbehaving and has to be kind of checked and brought back into the fold. Uh, And of course, Master Shake just saying just off the cuff, cruel, stupid things, but just from a place of ignorance. Um, But that's another that's another generation. That's like, you know, the distance from Simpsons to Family Guy, go that distance again and you're at Adult Swim stuff. Uh, and then, well, you're in, you're deep into adult swim stuff and then go that distance again and you're watching Beavis and Butthead again on Paramount Plus. (laughs) (laughs) It all, it all, it's the, the pop culture Ouroboros. Uh, I think we might be, uh, we might be, uh, you know, ending this episode of, uh, of, of, uh, what Matt, Pete and Mark (laughs) discourse. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up, Pete. (laughs) No one cares about Aristotelian tragedy. I can't even pronounce it. Um, but uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I I'm going to watch this. I'm going to watch this season. We, we don't do reviews, so let's do some reviews of of Be- Beavis and Butthead. I'm, I'm going. I, this would, this would tip me over. You know, Picard season two did not tip me over to Paramount Plus. <laughs> but you know what, Beavis, no, no season of uh, Discovery, and not even Strange New Worlds. But uh, no, but uh, Beavis and Butthead might, might tip me over to uh, Paramount Plus. I, I don't know if you would make the similar uh, decision if it weren't for Bob. The builder, Pete. I'm just telling you that if someone asks you, can we fix it? You tell them, yes, we can. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which is the opposite of Beavis and Butthead, by the way. Bob the Builder and Beavis and Butthead, A, couldn't be more different, and B, need to do a crossover. I feel <laughs> like this is necessary. <laughs> Guys, if you not watched any Bob the Builder, uh, no. You've not, you watched zero Bob the Builder. The, the old stuff, yeah. Yeah, the old stuff, right? quality is different from the new stuff. We might have to do some Bob the Builder at some point in the future. I might have to figure out a way for you to watch it without watching Paramount Plus, though. Okay. Because uh, that, that itself might be worth talking about because, you know, it's about a guy who might have to repave a road at some point and it's I, talking machines. <laughs> I, I have gotten into uh, home improvement YouTube, Pete. So, what? like, uh, oh, not like, not like, oh, more power. Like, uh, like oh, no. reaction videos <laughs> watching. <laughs> Home improvement. Oh, man, this yeah. is the part where Pamela Anderson shows up. Whoa, I've got my mom in a headlock. <laughs> <laughs> it's Al uh, Portland. What? <laughs> Can we just start a channel called Home Improvement YouTube that's just like reaction videos to people watching Home Improvement? It probably already exists and probably um and, and it probably makes millions of dollars every year, right? Uh, the, yeah, the grunting. I never could do the grunting noise. Uh you know. Yeah. The um well, uh, thanks very much, everyone who listened to to this episode, to this uh, juvenile cl- juvenile claptrap, uh, irredeemable, <laughs> glorifying ignorance is what we do here on the 
<laughs> on the uh, Overthinking podcast. And thanks very much to, to Pete and Mark for podcasting with me about the return of Beavis and Butthead to Paramount+. Plus. We'll be back next week with more Overthinking It podcast. Till then, visit us on the web at overthinkingit.com where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny. It, it probably doesn't, doesn't deserve. deserve. There's a pregnant pause there where all of us were waiting to see if the other one was going to do the voice. Which voice? And we did it. Oh, we did it? You know, the, I, either of them. The Beavis or the Butthead. <laughs> pregnant pause. <laughs> maybe maybe that pause got <laughs> screwed to me. It's still, it's still funny. It's 30 years later and it's still funny. <laughs> <laughs> Screw to me.